What happens is this nice long walk down the hallway where Anakin expresses how proud he is of Ahsoka and everything she's achieved. And even though she left, you know, he understands it to some degree. He's not completely happy about it still, but he gets it's kind of worked out. Don't get emotional. Are you you okay there? And so you'll be fine. (laughs) At least you will be. And um, what happens is that he says, I'm not going to leave you on this mission. I'm protected. And these, these hangar doors open up and reveals all these clones standing there from half the 501st. And they're all now wearing orange helmets and orange striped helmets like her. And Rex is there, and Anakin has given Rex's command unit to Ahsoka to go and attack Mandalore with Bo-Katan and take back the planet. And so that's why Rex also isn't in the movie. See, it all makes sense. Are you trying to make us cry? (laughs) And it was great, because when the doors open, the doors open, David, they all like salute, and they all get like that, and they all like, and it's this moment, and you see, you see this little, you know, what was a little girl standing there, and now she's grown, and she has command of this whole thing. Would you look at what you did? And she's not, what's wrong with you? That's exciting, that's happy. When you, why are you doing that? This is a happy thing. Oh my gosh, it's no wonder I don't tell you the ending. Anyway, um, this is the opposite. This is the opposite reaction. This is like a, no, but in the movie, it's like, yeah, go get them, get capture them all, get that witware. It's a much more, get that witware. It's a much more exciting thing, and it's Rex and Ahsoka. It would have been you and D, that, but you know, anyway. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Here we go. I have a bad feeling about this. Follow me, boys! You're not shinies anymore. Go, go, go! Hello again, everybody, and welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Clone Wars Strikes Back. It's been a while. It's been a while, but uh, we've been busy. We've been busy, mostly busy at Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars Celebration. That's pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. San Diego Comic Con. Also, a ton of fun. We'll be talking about both of those. Of course, the focus will be more on Celebration. Plus, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, about what's been going on with Clone Wars news lately. Which is interesting, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Sagarera, Forrest Whitaker, what's going on there? Uh, it, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what that means for the Clone Wars. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode than you're used to. We're not breaking down an episode. We're not uh, breaking down a character. We're just doing a little bit. This is like catch-up. This is like, you know, it's been a while. So we're going to get caught up on on the Clone. what's going on with the Clone Wars. We're going to... Uh, give you guys a little bit of a sense of where we're going with this show because you know for a while we'd been thinking we would end the show when we got to the end of the clone wars and then this whole forest whitaker sagarera thing happened and we're going to talk about that uh much more in depth coming up but and, and we kind of realized there's no need to end the clone wars because even though the clone war to end the clone wars strikes back i should say because even though the clone wars as a tv show is over it's done it's not coming back Sadly, as much as we want it to. Um, even though the show is over, 
doesn't mean the podcast has to end. It doesn't mean that the influence of the Clone Wars will not continue to be felt uh, across Star Wars, not only across, you know, publishing and, and comics and, and TV shows like Rebels, but as we learned across the films too. And so we'll get into that. We'll get into what that means. And, and we're going to have a lot of fun with, uh, with some other stuff we've got planned uh, for this. Plus we'll talk a little bit about uh, Star Wars Celebration, what we saw there, some of the Clone Wars stuff that came out of that event. Uh, we might have a few audio clips. Uh, you might have heard some of them if you listen to the Star Wars Underworld podcast, but we'll revisit them uh, on this show and look at them again. And uh, it's going to be a great time. So first, introductions are in order. If you're new to the show or you've forgotten who we are, my name is Dominic, and joining me, as he always does, it's my co-host, it's my good friend and co-host, the award-winning Kieran Duggan. Hello again, everybody, Clone Wars fans, Star Wars fans, and Dominic, although I have seen you quite <laughs> recently, Dominic. In fact, I spoke to you just last Thursday, didn't I, when I guested on the, on the Star Wars, although I feel like this episode is under very different circumstances uh namely we're not as tired <laughs> yeah as we were on the last show for very different reasons you know for me it was the fact i was up at two in the morning for dominic it was the fact that you just come back from your adventures in london and then san diego and and you finally got back home i mean I've, you know, if people haven't heard your voice in a while you gotta you gotta tell them dominic what have you been up to in, in these past well, a couple of months, really. I've been all over the world, basically. Well, I've been to <laughs> I've been into a, a slightly different corner of the world than I'm used to being. Um, I, I went off. Uh, of course, Star Wars Celebration was in London this year, and uh, I, I took that as an opportunity to do some traveling around to places that uh, I've never been before. That included, uh, of course, uh, uh, all over all over the UK, all over England. Um, well. Two places in England, <laughs> two places in England, uh, one place in Wales, uh, a couple of places in Ireland, uh, including Northern Ireland. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you may have heard some of these adventures on, about some of these adventures on the Star Wars Underworld or the Watchers of Westeros. Uh, you know, I, the first thing I did was I went out to County Kerry in um, in Ireland, which is where they shot some of The Force Awakens. I tried to visit Skellig Michael, where that final scene was shot. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to do so. Uh, but I was able to have a good up-close look at it from the boat, which was very, very fun. Uh, did a little Game of Thrones tour uh, that left out of Dublin and, and took us up around uh, throughout Northern Ireland to like places like Tullymore Forest, and, and where, they, where they shot a bunch of that show. And um, after that, visited Wales to uh, check out the Doctor Who experience. This, uh, this, I was describing this trip to some family members recently, and it kind of felt like it was like my pop culture tour of the UK. Basically it was like, <laughs> like I basically just went to different places where stuff I liked was filmed, which, Hey, why not? Right. Why not? Hey, well, that's not entirely true. Cause you did go to Exeter. Did go to Exeter. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. Well, but Hey, you know, Broadchurch was filmed in Exeter. So it continues. <laughs> it continues. Um, the, uh, the, but uh, yeah, I did go and visit Kieran in Exeter and um, we recorded a couple of things there, um, which you can hear if you listen to the watchers of Westeros, we did our, our season finale chat about uh, season six of game of Thrones. So you definitely want to check that out by uh, looking up the watchers of Westeros. Uh, and we also recorded a little thing for the Star Wars Underworld podcast, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you heard that as well. That was from the episode that, that Kieran guested on with with Steel and, and uh, Ben was hosting. Uh, ben was hosting that episode. So you guys definitely, if you haven't heard that, you want to check it out and you get to hear 
that little insert that we recorded. We made some predictions about celebration that did not come true at all. Um, but not that we're complaining. Um, and I did several days in London where I did things. Uh, this is back to my trip. I did several days in London where I did things like see um, a preview production or a preview uh, production. Yeah, preview production. I guess that's how it was. I guess that's the correct terminology. I saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is what I'm trying to say, uh, which was awesome. And, you know, visited uh, visited the Harry Potter tour in London, uh, went to the Sherlock Holmes Museum, <laughs> uh, walked over to the MI6 headquarters from the James Bond movies, uh, and, of course, you know, did some of the more typical London-y things like go to the Tower of London and visit uh, Tower Bridge and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it was it was a fantastic, fantastic trip. And then Star Wars Celebration started, and and that was... Uh, if you've been following along, you have to, you know, it was a crazy experience. Just so much fun hanging out with, hanging out with Kieran and, and the rest of the Star Wars Underworld crew that was there with, uh, with Chris, uh, Chris Siegel from the main, the main show and, and his sister and, and everybody from all of our listeners that were hanging out. Rusty was there and got to spend a lot of time with Steel Saunders from the Steel Wars podcast. And it was, it was a good time all around. And yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll throw it back over to you, Kieran, for just, you know, so, your experience at Celebration, you know, how how did this one stack up uh, compared to the other two that you've been to? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it now. This has been my third in a row. And yeah. if, if you'd spoken to me about five years ago, <laughs> uh, the idea of me going to a Celebration or some sort of convention, would, would, let's put it this way, probably wouldn't have been on my list of things to do in my summer holidays mm. or on any holiday. But um, how would this stack up against the other two? So the other two that I've been to, if, if people um, haven't haven't been listening or following Star Wars Celebration, is there was a one in Germany in 2013 in a town called Essen. And then la- last year, there was in April, uh, April 2015, there was the Anaheim uh, Convention and in, in America. And then this year we've had London. So two of them have been in Europe and one of them for me has been in America. Well, so it's quite a different experience, which I'm quite glad of. In each celebration, I've had very different experiences, but not just based on the location in terms of what content and in terms of the people I've met there. So I would say that London is probably second on yeah. my list. Second, um, second, to, second to Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim is yeah. still the best. Uh, Germany was good. Germany, and, you know, it'll, it'll always be a part of. I always have a sort of special place for it in my heart because it was my first celebration. Of course, and so that that gives it that little bit more grandeur. But and it was as, where as and you, it was where you met me. So you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, not so much. No, yeah, now, no, yeah, now we, yeah, now we. It was. It was. Now and we it know why fun. it's third. Now we know <laughs> why it's. Third. <laughs> but no, it was. It's funny because off air, I was. I was talking with Dominic, um, another person who regularly listens to this podcast and will probably be listening now is um, a person called Chris Lynn, who is a member of the Irish Chris, who is a member of the Irish 501st Garrison. And um, it was the first time I met him and I met Dominic. And so, yeah, in in a way, what we were talking about off air was the fact that we sort of built sort of a core as well, is is that when we, we go to Star Wars, celebration conventions we always hang out at some point you know at one point in the convention we'll make an effort to to meet all together but so as i said germany has a special place in my heart but i think dominic you'd agree as well yeah. it didn't really have the grandeur of others other celebrations because it was still 
it was a transition period, wasn't it, between the fact that Disney had just acquired Lucasfilm, but nothing was really, uh, it wasn't anything tangible that they could really give us. Yeah. So, and it was, and it, and it was the one, the European ones are a bit smaller anyway. I've yeah, found. they're they're smaller. I wouldn't say London was that much smaller in terms of size or number of people compared to Anaheim or no, but in terms but of it, like days. And yeah, in terms of days, of days and in terms of what they actually had in terms of panels and stuff. Like there were less panels, even hmm. even compared, even if you just took three days of Anaheim and compared them to the three days of London, it definitely felt like there was less panels going on. Yeah, but at the same time, whilst we say that, it doesn't lessen the experience of oh, celebration. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's weird, like, you know, comparing this to, to previous celebrations. I would, you know, I've been to five celebrations now, and I would put this, you know, smack in the middle at, you know, number three. And, That's what I have done as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it, it's... Never, and you know the celebration that's the quote unquote worst celebration for me is, is celebration six, and that's only because it was like, you know, it it really it didn't feel like it had anything new. It felt like it was celebration five two kind of thing, and and, and it, it's and even that was just the best time. Like that was so much fun being there for that. Yeah, I think if you have to, if you have to look at the ranking system for for what we get with the celebrations here um it's not to say that if something's in a bad position it means we had a bad time yeah exactly it's just having to compare them to others now with regards to celebration london how i talked about how it compares to, to the other two well you know the reason why it can't be as good as anaheim is that i think anaheim was anaheim was something magical outstanding. yeah something it was, magical it, exactly and it and i think in a way even orlando next year i th- i could easily see that being better than Seoul Celebration London. In fact, if it isn't, then I would be a little bit shocked um, because there's more days there and there'll certainly be more news coverage yeah. just at that convention and it will be at this one. However, Anaheim will still be special because for those of you um, who have only recently got back in into Star Wars or got back into Star Wars or have got back into Star Wars because of the Clone Wars, well, this is the first proper film in the saga that a group of Star Wars fans could actually go to a, a celebration and, and embrace, you know, for our generation, I mean, not for the older generations because they've experienced it, but we haven't. And we got to see a new trailer for a new Star Wars film, uh, which was reigniting the saga. I mean, it's unprecedented, isn't it, Dominic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nothing. That, that's the convention. Yeah, nothing is ever going to top Anaheim. Like, that was truly something special. And, and, everything else will always be compared to Anaheim. Like that's, that that's the watermark. That's the high point for star Wars celebration. Yeah. And I expect one day, we, you know, maybe one day we'll get back to that point with like the 50th anniversary or something. Mm. But you know, for right now, that's always going to be the, the, the high watermark and everything else is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Like this is by no means a say saying, you know, don't go to celebration, <laughs> um, oh, no. go to celebration. You're going to have the best time. Uh, it's get there, just, Orlando, April, yeah. I believe it's April the 14th to April the 17th. Get those that, dates that booked. I've been convinced to go. Yes. And Dominic's going to be there. Yes. Many of the Star Wars Underworld staff members and just, you know, all-round fans, all-round Star Wars fans will April, be there. We're going to have a great time. April 13th to the 16th. That's those are All the right, guys. okay. i got one day wrong. <laughs> don't miss the 13th. Goodness yeah, sake. don't miss don't the 13th, miss the 13th. And if you stick around for the 17th, not much is going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, of 
throw the question to you, Dominic, before we get on to the new stuff with regards to the Clone Wars. Your experience at Celebration, you know, you said it ranked in the middle. Yeah. Why? 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 What? what first of all, what did you enjoy about it? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me explain my rankings first, just because, you know, as we talked about, um, Celebration Anaheim was something special. Like, that was magical. There's, there's, you know, those of us that went to Star, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2015 and we're always going to look back at that as the the just the best time ever. Like and the whole build up to Force Awakens. Uh same thing with Comic-Con 2015. Like no Comic-Con is ever going to be that good again if if you're there just for Star Wars. Because between that that concert and Harrison Ford and everything like there's no there's no topping that. And same thing goes for Celebration just that Chewie were home and everything else that that came with that 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 panel and the Rogue One stuff that we got and everything about it was a really amazing, amazing experience. And so, you know, it has to rank number one. And then number two is, is Celebration 5 because that was my first celebration. And and it, it really does hold up for me as, as this really incredible experience of, of going and, and having my eyes open, you know, taking my first steps into the larger world of Star Wars fandom and, and all that. And not to mention the um, George Lucas, John Stewart interview that took place there that felt... You know, like like that JJ Kathleen Kennedy panel, the only thing I have to compare it to in terms of, you know, a Star Wars event is the George Lucas John Stewart event. And and like those two are two of the greatest things I'll ever see. And, and you know, that they, they've or at least at, at Star Wars Celebration. And there's nothing that can ever uh, can ever it's going to be very hard. To, it's always going to be very hard to compare to that main event and that force awakens trailer. So those two are, are really, you know, those were very special, uh, special experiences. And then with, with London, London was just an amazing, uh, an amazing time. Like we, had, you know, having the booth and, and being able to, to meet so many of the people that um, listen to the shows or, or read the website and, be able to spread the word and, and and have a good time and you know anytime you go to a to a new country for a celebration it's always a lot of fun and and so i, I it really was a, a the best time and if, if it wasn't for you know the magic of the force awakens and the sentimentality of celebration five you know it would probably you know <laughs> it might be the the best celebration i've been to like i really really enjoyed london uh and then uh, germany would take fourth uh because that was again that was the experience of this was the first time I'd gone, uh, first time I traveled on my own, and the first time I'd I'd gone to uh, to 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 Germany to gone to Europe like that, and to do, to do a celebration that was overseas that was so different, and to be a part of the like, yeah, you know, the contingent of people that did make that journey, and and you know, there's whenever you go, whenever you travel to a celebration, and you're traveling from a different, well, from a different country to an extent, but more so from a different continent. You know, it's one thing if you're going to celebration in the U.S. and you're from Canada, then it's like there's that Canadian contingent, but it's nothing compared to the people that are coming from the U.K. or or Europe or Asia or anywhere else. And then you compare the same thing goes when you're going to a, a convention in Europe. You know, it's one thing to go to celebration London if you live in Ireland or, or Scotland or something. Then you're you're like expected to go. <laughs> uh, but if but you, on the if, other hand, you can look at it and say uh, for London. I have this kind of feeling to it as well. Is that it's a bit special because it's in your hometown. Oh yeah, you know, if, absolutely. If it, was in, if it was in Canada, for example, which is a distinct possibility in the future, I'm oh, sure yeah. you will have. I, I think. Sentiment. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's special to have you know Star Wars invade your home, uh, your home in that way. Um, and then, 
uh, then, yeah, then as I said, with Celebration Sticks, it was still a great time. I had so much fun and, and I got to meet so many people for the first time. And, and there were so many panels and, and stuff that I loved. And it was it was just that it was it felt so much like Celebration 5, but like, you know, the sequel. And it, it just it, they didn't have. I, you know, I still maintain they wanted to announce seven, eight, nine at that panel at that convention. If they had have announced, if they had have been able to announce seven, eight, nine at that convention, then maybe it would be number one. But because they didn't, it it sort of felt like it was lacking that big moment that we never really, we didn't really get that we got at just about every other celebration. Even even London, you know, people say that you know we didn't have the Chewy were home moment. No, but we did get Thrawn. We did get Thrawn. That was something special to be a part of that, to be in that room. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Kieran, but <laughs> to be in the there Rebels. special moments when I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be in the... Well, no, you were there. You were there for Chewy were home. Come on now. Come now. You're not, you don't get to. Uh, That's true. You don't get to back. <laughs> you don't get to. I, I still get, get to that play that top, card. Top if anyone throws that, you know when you play like top trumps and like oh, someone yeah. puts a really good card out, and then you're just like, yeah, but I've got this one. You're like, so I've got... want, anybody else says, oh yeah, I had the four moment. I'll be like, yeah, but I had the chewy. We're chewy home. We're home exactly. Silence. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to be fair, for the for the panels that I was there for, and one of them we will talk a lot about in depth in a in a second. Um, you know, the Rogue One panel, of course, some people will say didn't really live up to necessarily the hype going into it. And I think that hype was stimulated uh, or centered around the fact that we thought there would be a theatrical trailer released or, or yeah. another teaser trailer. Now, we got one exclusively, but it was only about a minute long. Yeah. And uh, it was mostly it was about. mostly stuff we'd seen before, too. Exactly. Uh, but the panel itself it will still be memorable. And, um, you know, one of our, one of the people we talked about was Steel Saunders, um, who does the Steel Saunders podcast, as you said. The Steel Wars. He said one of his <laughs> favorite. Sorry? It's Steel Wars podcast, not the Steel, Steel Saunders podcast. podcast. What did I call it? The Steel Saunders podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think no, that's what you appreciate the gesture. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's another podcast you can have in the future. Anyway, if still you're listening, I apologize. The Steel Wars <laughs> podcast. Everyone tune into that. Good job you're here, Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he said that one of his favorite moments was when Ben Middleston came out yeah. in his Dr. Krennic costume. It's, it's moments like that, which I think is special to those of celebration, because even though you can watch it on the live stream, it's not quite the same, is yeah. it? Yeah. Exactly. You say, that's a standout moment, no doubt, for you from that panel as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was that was something special when when Mendo came out as 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 director Krennic. Like that was really really cool. Really, that almost as special, special as the uh, n- number of technical difficulties. That yeah, that panel. Yeah, but that, that that's panel. a story for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've heard that that story many times now. If you've listened to our coverage from Celebration over at the Star Wars Underworld, uh, that's the story that's been told many, many, many times. Um, but All right, should we get into the news? Yeah, then, let's get into the let's get into this. So, yeah, let's let's get into this. Um, let's get into what we'll start with Ahsoka. Let's start with the, that Ahsoka panel. That was the that was that was the first panel of celebration. Was Ahsoka's untold tales, uh, and you can read a full recap of it on StarWarsUnderworld.com. You can watch the entire thing on uh, on YouTube on the official Star Wars YouTube. And uh, well, I'll just throw it to you, Kieran. Like, what was what did you make of that panel? What did what did you think of it? I was very impressed. Now, I have to put a little bit of context in here and say that going into this panel, 
uh, me uh, and Dominic included had had just one hour's sleep. It was more like 45 minutes if we're being honest. Okay. Yeah. And, and on the floor. And so on the, the floor. Most yeah. Settings as well. Um, so, and we had stayed up all night to queue up for the Rogue One panel. So I, I have watched this since, but at the time there was just a moment, a brief five, 10 minutes when I did fall asleep. But oh, traitor. <laughs> but I did. I know. Traitor as they would say in episode seven. No, the, the, fortunately, I, I think I did it towards the beginning because I seem to remember a lot more coming out of that panel um, than I thought I'd actually missed, which is good. But I, I really enjoyed this panel. It was really quite surreal as well in its own way because it was actually a bit of a, an emotional roller coaster because it was, it was a panel of reflection, or at, at least it initially seemed that way, um, and then, of course, we got the big bombshell at the end by Dave Filoni. Yeah, but Shall it was we... so interesting and compelling to to really listen to all of those unproduced episodes. Yeah, it was upsetting because we didn't get to see them, but it it was nice to hear about what types of stories they had in store. Um, in particular, looking at Ahsoka's backstory, that arc, um, or maybe that would have just been just one episode. We don't know. Um, there was another one, of course. The big one that people talk about, the the, the, the Mandalorian arc. Um, there was a bit of Order 66 stuff. Um, and and of course there was um for there was the release of the of the cover of the Ahsoka novel. So it was it was really heavy and dense stuff. And I, I like that because it, we had a similar panel to this before, didn't we, Dominic? If you can remember, I think it was in Germany when we had the sort of yeah, yeah they're... Know, untold Clone Wars stories. But this was Ahsoka, wasn't it? This was an Ahsoka panel. Yeah, there have been a couple of untold Clone Wars panels. There was there was the one in Germany that was still kind of focused on season six and what was going to be in the Lost Missions and what wasn't going to be in the Lost Missions. And then there was uh, the one in Anaheim that was really like, we're just going to open up the sketchbook, Dave's sketchbook, and show you guys some stuff that we were thinking about doing. But this one... The Bad Batch arc. The Bad Batch arc, yeah. Uh, but this one really focused in on Ahsoka and, and what was going on. And, you know, there's always like a I always feel a bit of uh, sadness with with this, with these art, with these panels, because as cool as it is to get this stuff uh, in the format that we do, it almost feels like they're giving it to us this way because they know they're never going to be able to produce it as uh, as an animated uh you know, as it was supposed to be. And so, you know, we got so much about that final arc, um, especially that with that moment. And that, you know, that would have been something they would have been holding. If, if, if season eight or whatever was happening, that would have been something they were holding and not telling us about for a long time. It would have, they would have wanted the reveal to have been in the episode. And, and so to just have it revealed as, as concept art and as Dave Filoni talking about it, it was cool, but it, it was sort of like, oh man, we're never going to see this. We're never going to see this, are we? Should we talk about that that particular moment, Dominic, which I think you're referring to, which is the the a final moment. There would have been a final moment for those of you who haven't seen a panel or listened to the Star Wars Underworld. A final moment between Anakin and Ahsoka in the Mandalorian story, where um, it it would sort of be it would be a Similar, yet very different to that final scene in season five of the Clone Wars, wouldn't it, Dominic? That final Ahsoka arc, because there would have been kind of the reverse. It was kind of the reverse of that. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, And 
this, this was the moment, wasn't it, Dominic, where Ashley actually teared up <laughs> uh, when Dave described yeah. this scene. Um, so that tells you how how invested in this character Ashley is for, for certain. For those of you who don't know, of course, Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. But you know, what did you make of that particular moment when you listened to it? Oh, it at was the panel. It was brilliant. Like it was one of those things of like I really want to see this. I really want to see this play out where you have you have um, just all of this amazingness going on of of. You know, Ahsoka of Anakin and Ahsoka in their final conversation before they meet as, you know, where Anakin is Vader and they're walking through and you see and and Anakin reveals that he's going to leave Rex's battalion with Ahsoka. And then he uh, uh, and then the doors open. There's, There's this massive shot of the doors opening and you see all of the clones in Rex's battalion standing there waiting for her and they've all painted their helmets to look like her uh, face tattoos. They're orange with the white tattoos. And like, that would have just been the perfect way to end the show. I mean, like the for to be, be part of that final arc of, you know, she had finally, you know, after this long journey that had taken her from, you know, nobody wanting, nobody wanting to work with her in the movie uh, all the way through the massive lack of trust on the part of the Jedi at the end of season five, all the way through to this, you know, final reveal, this amazing moment uh, was just incredible. It would have been, it would have been amazing. Like that would have been the perfect way to, to put a, 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 a you know, it's the cherry on top of the end of that, of the Clone Wars, of that final arc. It would have been the perfect ending for Ahsoka's story had it played out the way we uh, it was originally supposed to. Yeah, because it also means for, for those who, who obviously, well, we won't be able to watch this art now because it's not like it's going to be animated, but it truly reinterprets the way you would look at the evolution of Ahsoka's story, wouldn't it? Because if you only look at it from the TV series, you really just have that one moment where Ahsoka walks away from the Jedi Temple and they don't see each other again until Star Wars Rebels. Well, we now know that's not the case. And... The fact that Ahsoka was able to reunite with Anakin and have that special moment between them where he, he gives her half her forces, which is very symbolic in itself, particularly because of, he leaves Rex there. And, of course, you know, the cynics of this world will say, well, at least it means it ties up the story, doesn't it? Because Rex wasn't in episode three, Ahsoka wasn't in episode three. Yeah, well, yes, it does, but, that's, of course, that's partly the point. But it also makes sense in the story, and I think it, it hasn't just been put in there. Um, but at the same time, what's very clever about this ending is that there's still a lot more questions to ask, aren't there, Dominic? You know, we don't know now yeah. how it all, uh, well, yeah. what the fallout was, do we? Because, of course, the timing of this is very important for the, um, because the reason why Anakin leaves is because Yoda calls Anakin and Obi-Wan to return to Coruscant to rescue the Chancellor, which, of course, leads straight into the events of Episode 3. So whilst the whole Mandalore story is going on, episode three is going on. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of the going on concurrently. And, and, you know, it raises some questions about, you know, what, how has this story changed? Because it was my interpretation from the panel, what they said on the panel, that 
some some variation of this story exists in canon and i feel like you know moments like the ahsoka the ahsoka and anakin rex moment there that we were just talking about i feel like that is definitively as far as i'm concerned that's that happened that that is definitively canon and that was uh but then the question is you know how would this her story have ended had the show had that just been the end of the clone wars if there wasn't rebels if there wasn't um, more films if we were just working from where we were where we thought we were going into season five where clone wars was it clone wars that was probably going to be the last star wars story for a while it, you know it wasn't we weren't expecting movies we weren't expecting you know we were hoping for the live action series but that didn't ever seem to be taking off and, and, and all this stuff so you know you wonder i almost wonder if the original ending might have been something like ahsoka kills maul and then ahsoka is killed in order 66 you know something you know like that's a real downer but you know it, it fits with this era and what was going on in the clone wars and 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 it just in, in in the clone wars both the tv show and the event the in-universe event so it's uh it's a little bit weird that way like what what exactly happened right now my interpretation of what happened is ahsoka was fighting maul and then uh Order 66 was called during this fight. And so she wasn't able to finish her fight with Maul because the clone because the clones attacked. And, you know, that's why in Rebels we get the line, running again, Lady Atano. You know, sort of like, you know, last time we fought, you ran away too, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, we were speculating on the Star Wars Underworld, you know, maybe Rex helped her escape by, you know, holding off the clones for a little while or intentionally sending them in the wrong direction, you know, because Rex would have pulled his chip. Um, you know, so there is, there's, I, I do think some variation on this story exists in the canon and, you know, they said as much at the panel, um, whether or not it's the way the show was originally intended to end is a whole other question. Yeah. But uh, there are always a lot of what ifs to this, but I agree. I agree with your interpretation. And I think that makes a lot more sense really, doesn't it? With, particularly with reference to the Maul line, because I, it, I always thought when I heard that, um, initially, Oh, it, it, it must have been. Um, he's, he's referring to when she left the Jedi. Mm. I, I was thinking far more broadly, but it actually makes a lot more sense when you know that they do fight in in this Mandalore battle. Um, you know, but the now, good thing is there's oh, actually. I want to bring up one other thing. They said in the panel. I'm just going to play a quick clip from the beginning, uh, from from what Pablo says to start uh, this discussion. We're not going to listen to the whole thing. Uh, just because you know, if you want to hear it, you can watch the panel on YouTube or you can listen to last week's SWU. But I just want to play something because it I just occurred to me something Pablo said, and I think this might play into what we're talking about here about how the Clone Wars was supposed to end. So we're just going to hear this little bit. One of the final arcs, really the final arc of the series as proposed. Yeah. So he says one of the final arcs and then the final arc really. I wonder if there was maybe one more episode. One more episode after all of this, because I do think that they always intended Ahsoka to fight Darth Vader. One mm. more episode, one more arc after this, after Order 66, where Ahsoka tracks down oh. Vader, thinking it's Anakin's killer, and learns the truth. I tell you what, that, yeah, I've got chills thinking about that idea. That's... You know, I think that's got legs to it, really. In terms of, of course, when we go back in time. So yeah, I mean, this is know, something. When, 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 when these episodes were originally produced, we know this isn't the case. Yeah, this this isn't 
yeah, what what we're talking about here, what, what you've speculated, Dominic, isn't canon. No, <laughs> don't worry, folks. But um, no, that's a very good point because I think that would have so much impact on on the audience, and it would actually be a more fitting way for her character to end rather than rather than um, what we saw, just being shot down in Order sixty six, yeah. you know, or her run away. Yeah. Um, but certainly more so than what happened at the end of season two. Yeah. Uh, Rebels, because uh, uh, you, you have attested to many a time many on times. different podcasts. What, actually, though, we haven't, I haven't, we haven't really talked about what we learned about Rebels at Celebration much. I do want to bring something up that I think is really cool. Um, in the Rebels um, season two trailer, of course, everybody's season three trailer, everybody's focused on Thrawn. And... Uh, I actually, I actually saw Irish Chris uh, last night as we're recording this. He was in Toronto for a, a, a for a wedding or something, and and so we got to hang out a little bit. And we were talking about this, and he was saying, you know, everybody's focused on Thrawn, but he's over there sitting there going, "What about Wedge?" Because we got Wedge in the trailer too. <laughs> and if for those of you that have read Star Wars Aftermath by Chuck Wendig, you'll know that one of the there's a a part in that where. You have the it's the stories being told from Wedge's point of view, and he thinks about how he was recruited to the Rebel Alliance by an agent named Fulcrum. Ooh. Yeah, which we know turned out to be Ahsoka. And then in the trailer, we we see Wedge, and there's also a part where you see a hologram of Ahsoka's face tattoos. I think that there's a connection there that Wedge that that has something to do with Wedge and what's going on with perhaps a rebel cell within the Imperial Academy or something else, some, something going on there. But I, I think that I think those two are connected in some way, some way, somehow that Wedge and uh, is going to be brought into the Rebel Alliance because originally because he made that contact through Ahsoka. And since then, you know, she dead or not, as we'll talk about, um, she's not around anymore, I think was the best way to put it. Um, but I, I did want to bring that up and I do think that Ahsoka what happened at the end of season 2 to Ahsoka I do think that's going to impact this next season of Rebels not I don't think she's back this season or anything but I do think that's going to be a, a, a it's going to have, you know that's going to be a, something that's not forgotten anytime soon because if you remember that trailer the Rebels season 2 season 3 trailer begins with Ezra shouting Ahsoka so yeah, kind of reminding us yeah. about what happened in the season two, which yes. I'd say, I, I think, think she's going to be a specter this season. Like she's like something that's thought about and talked about, but never actually seen. Yeah. No, it's a, I, I, I could completely see that argument and I'd probably be in agreement with you with that, Dominic. That kind of feeds on then to what was really the biggest reveal of, of the panel. Um, which it was made by Dave Filoni, and he pretty much confirmed. Yeah, let's um, let's hear. Ninety nine percent confirmed. You know, it was it wasn't as though it was on StarWars.com, You know, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, when Alden Ehrenreich came out, they were like, <laughs> "He is the new Han Solo." There was no tweet about Ahsoka is back, but yeah. But let's let's hear what let's hear what he said. Let's let's hear what he said, yeah. and then discuss. The only thing I'll say in closing, which is maybe fair, maybe not fair, and I wasn't necessarily going to say this, but. I can't believe the reason why we can do this panel is because of the fan support we get for this specific character. When we started with her, George and I had a moment looking at the early days and stuff, and he and I were like, well, this is either going to work or people are going to hate it. But there's not much in between when you give Anakin a Padawan. 
and you dare, you know, back then in 2005 and 8 to make it a little girl, mm -hmm. especially with the way that she behaved. But George always had a great mind for having a bigger picture. And we evolved the characters we went, and she grew into somebody that I think obviously a lot of fans have come to love and respect. And I, we at Lucasfilm really appreciate that. That's why this character persists, persists because you guys show such tremendous support for her. And I think we all feel like we earned that because she wasn't universally liked in the beginning, as I warned you. <laughs> so the only spoilerific thing that I would say, and perhaps you will find some type of relaxation for this for your long flight home, but because of, and I'm rarely, 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 rarely ever affected by fan opinion. I just can't allow myself to be. You get a wrong story. But I was very adamant after the season two finale that that was it uh, for Ahsoka on Rebels. I'm not going to say what form any story would take place, but after the reaction I don't know. I don't know. I might. It just might be possible. It doesn't necessarily mean what some of us would want it to mean, maybe. But it might be possible to see her again. She might have something to do. Maybe. Dave Filoni, Pablo Hidalgo, and Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka. The Untold Tales of the Soka, give it up for them. Star Wars Celebration continues. We'll see you Oh, man. Oh, Filoni. Classic Filoni right there. That is definitely classic Filoni, but it works so well, doesn't it? I mean, that kind of build up, the anticipation, and even then at the end, he, he says it really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Dave, David Collins is there, Dave Filoni! And you're like, come on, Dave, give us more. Yeah, say more, say another thing. Come on, give us a little bit more. Yeah, but, you know, she's back. That more. was a bombshell, though, wasn't it? I think that is probably one of the bombshells of Double Celebration London because, uh, yes, okay, we knew there was an Ahsoka novel coming out, but to actually have that confirmation from the horse's mouth, so to speak, you know, I, I wrote an article recently, actually, on the Star Wars Underworld about where we will see Ahsoka next, and one of the points I made in the article was the fact that um, it, it was telling that Filoni admitted it, you know, because mm -hmm. it was it wasn't Kiriha, it wasn't Pablo Hidalgo, even though they're part of the kind of Lucasfilm story group. It was Dave Filoni, and it makes sense because Dave Filoni has invested a lot of time in his character because it was it's kind of one of the last major characters from the George Lucas era, really, isn't it? It's kind of one of those lasting relics, and um, Filoni worked with George on this character, so it's sort of his little. Uh, his little baby, so to speak, and um, you know, to have him say it as well is very, very meaningful. And and you know, for those of us who are perhaps concerned that she was gone at the end of season two uh, in Rebels, it's not the case, Dominic. Yeah, she's back. She's back. So we'll see how that how that plays out. I I very much believe she is back in Rebels. I think that's what I think that's what he was going to say, and then kind of backtracked it a little bit. Like, yeah, it's, she's gonna be back somewhere but you don't know we don't know where we're figuring it out you know like he kind of backtracked it a little bit i do think though that just based on everything that he said in that and and what we've seen out of rebels and stuff i, I do think that that's what that means that she'll be back season four she'll make an appearance not in a big significant way 
but in a in a minor way. Mm. Well, that's a good point because when I spoke about it on the Star Wars Underworld podcast, I sort of had only listened to that uh, once after, and I sort of thought, oh, it means you're not going to be back in Rebels. But you made a good point, Dominic, of saying, but why emphasize that fact? You know, we, we know she's coming back. Yeah, we novel. know. Yeah, we know we're getting the book. So. So why do you need to say that she's going to come back in any other way? Mm-hmm. It must be because she's going to come back in Rebels. Yeah, exactly. Or not run a major TV series, but most likely Rebels. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, let, but that's the need for Rebels fans because yeah. it probably means there'll be another season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we've been wondering, is, is season four, is season three it? Well, it sounds like, maybe not. It sounds like we'll get another go, which is great. Love Rebels. Love, love, love Rebels. Listen to Live from Lothal when it returns this fall, when Rebels returns. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on a little bit from the panel. Let's let's talk about the book that's coming out. Uh, we got the cover. Uh, we learned what's not in the book. It's not Ahsoka's missing Clone Wars adventures. <laughs> but it is something. It is something in, something new and in, in you know, Filoni and Pablo uh, were both very involved in in this book and and helping the author E.K. Johnston with as much as possible. So, uh, I mean, what what are you expecting to see from from this book? What do you think we're going to get? Well, I think we're going to get a story. It seems to be set between episodes three and four. So after Clone Wars, but before Rebels, is sort of what I think is going to happen here, but a bit bit more early on, I would say. So just after the Clone Wars or or maybe a year or two has passed. I I'm not too sure if we're going to learn a lot about how Ahsoka's gotten involved with the Rebels. It might be a sort of epilogue to the story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that I imagine that maybe if there's a prologue or something, that will touch a bit about the Clone Wars. But I thought in the panel they tried to make it clear that this story is going to be its own story. You know, it's not going to be a Clone Wars or, you know, 2.0 <laughs> or, you know, Rebels prologue. That's uh, You know what I mean? It's not going to be a prequel to the Rebels. Yeah. So I, I, I think they try to emphasize that fact. And w- would you agree, Dominic, that that's sort of what this book needs to do? So it can touch upon those major themes in the Clone Wars and Rebels, but not necessarily focus on it completely. You don't want it to become a Rebels and Clone Wars story, do we? Yeah, no, it, it's got to be its own thing. It's got to stand on its own. In a way, I think it's going to, what we're going to get is we're going to get hints about what happened directly at the end of Clone Wars. It'll probably probably be a lot of stuff that's similar to what we heard in this panel. So we'll get a lot of hints about that. And then we'll get some here's my prediction i think the book will end with her getting reunited with bail organa somehow and joining up with the rebel alliance Hmm. that's how i think that would be a great way to end it wouldn't it yeah that's how i think the book will end and then we'll we'll move on from there well go on and how do you think the book will start book will start well the book will start i you know i think the book will start two three years after order 66 and she'll kind of be on the run, you know, in the panel, they talked about one of the things they they consider they were going to have her do was become kind of a vigilante almost. And I, I feel like that's probably what she'll be doing. She'll almost be doing sort of like a, a more concentrated maybe version of what like Kanan and Hera were doing at the beginning of Rebels. Like, I almost feel like that's what she'll be doing is she'll be fighting back in subtle ways and small ways that are helping individuals. And then 
through the events of the novel, we'll get her reunited with Senator Organa, and then from there, we'll get we'll get her joining the Rebel Alliance, becoming Fulcrum, and I don't think we'll see her, you know, reaching out to Hera or meeting Wedge or anything like that. But we'll get that that first, um, you know, we'll get that moment where she agrees to join the Rebels. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you another question related to the novel. Do you think, as a plot or, or, or the journey that Ahsoka goes on in this novel, do you think it will be more of a sort of just adventure, a bit like you know, run-ins with the Empire, or do you think it will take on a sort of spiritual journey, it's sort of what Yoda went through at the end of season six? You know, do you do you think it will be more focused on uh, not necessarily the Jedi, but the Force? You know, and Ahsoka's mm. kind of developing connection to it because we we clearly see a different ahsoka at the end of clone wars to that in rebels do you think we'll see part of that in a novel maybe i think what we're going to see is is we're going to see some we have to see some form of evolution in the character it, it can't just be oh we're just going to run around having a little bit of uh, silly fun i don't think that can be the story i think there has to be some sort of evolution there has to be a reason they're telling this story i don't know if ahsoka has any sort of significant moments with the force the way yoda does i don't i've never sort of thought about that with her where i i see maybe this story maybe more being about her perhaps coming to terms with what happened you know that's something that you know i think Mm -hmm. it took obi-wan a long time to to do probably took yoda a long time to do probably took any of these surviving jedi you know we know it took kanan a long time to deal with that to deal with that and so i think I think that's more what we'll see is her coming to terms with that and, you know, being at a place where she is ready to join the Rebel Alliance. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if this novel opens with her in a fairly dark place. Yeah. Not going to not going expected. to the, yeah, not going to the dark side, but not certainly not the Ahsoka we knew at the end of Clone no. Wars. Well, another question to follow up, I guess, from that is that although it may as you said, perhaps it won't necessarily be focused so much on the force. Do you think she will encounter other Force users, though? Um, with that, I mean perhaps Inquisitors or maybe other Jedi, because I think that would be a big possibility, and I think that could be a very interesting dynamic to see, you know, Ahsoka almost reflecting uh, on something, or maybe not even Jedi. Maybe she cross, she comes across a dead body or something. Yeah, I, I do think... Um... You know, to have that moment of reflection, because I think that's the way they're going to try and bring back perhaps some of what happened in Order 66. You know, not to say they're going to go, not going to overtly talk about it, but I think they will subtly mention it. A bit like in a Tarkin novel, when you had the Tarkin moment where he he thought to himself, is Anakin Vader or not, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I love, I love, I know, I'm asking you questions like you're the author, Dominic, yeah. but I'm just interested to get different opinions on it. I mean, I, I for one, I would be intrigued to see her even contemplate the notion of, of, of who Vader is. You know, Not to say that she knows it's Anakin, but to at least know that he exists. And perhaps yeah, just... I don't know. I, I, think, I think Ahsoka and Vader, really, I, she can't have anything to do with him until um siege of lothal she really i i i I, you know she can't cross paths with him she can't even in the slightest way it's like she doesn't she can maybe know that he exists that's what i mean not to cross paths, but no but no definitely no crossing paths because you know once she realizes who that is then all of a sudden 
then that's when her story changes even more. Hmm. So, yeah, I I don't think. Uh, I mean, we could see her interacting with Rex in this novel. Again, again, I don't know. I don't know about that because Rex, you know, it's it's very clear that she has not seen Rex in a very long time. And well, you know, this book is set, doesn't it? Yeah, it depends on that. But I I I really I think it's going to be Ahsoka and Ahsoka on her own. There's not going to be any, very many familiar characters. If we get familiar characters, it'll be Bail Organa, Mon Mothma. Maybe like Jin Erso. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, that I would be, I would almost be, I'd be on board with that. Sagarera. Sagarera, yeah. Get those two. Um, get like Sloan from the uh, from a New Dawn and the Aftermath books. You know, like people like that. <laughs> and then, then that that's when all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, uh, those are the kind of crossovers I expect, but nothing that's significantly related to her past or really her future. What about Asmorgan? Asmorgan. <laughs> No, the only time Ahsoka should meet as Morgan is when she's taking his head off. Yeah, I'm sure that was your favorite moment of the trailer, wasn't it? Oh, I, was, I, want, I was so tempted to boo. I was so tempted to boo. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. Well, talk about the uh, we can talk about some of the cameos I made on the live stream in um in a few moments. In just a moment. Um, but yeah, I did. I did. I did. I was tempted to boo, but I wasn't going to be that guy. And then I, this isn't this isn't a spoiler, um, per se, but the um, because oh, because this clip is out there. So you know the clip that was released on the Star Wars show from the season, from Star Wars Rebels season three. Yeah, with Hondo. Wait, yeah. So that was that's from the first episode, and when I realized that was the scene that was playing, I got so worried that this was going to be the Hondo <laughs> as Morgan episode, and that's how they were opening the season. <laughs> mercifully mercifully it was not we got some y-wing and thrawn action <laughs> instead um well, that's a lot better than, than yeah than hondo and as morgan but that, you know what I, that, that might be it. that might be the week i skip um live from lothal that'll be <laughs> the first episode that doesn't feature me no i was gonna say you know what that does mean dominic is that there is an episode further down the line that will involve those two you we'll just don't know when soon. it's gonna come up yet yeah hopefully sooner rather than later get it out the way early yeah, you don't well, want yeah, it that's near the end, do you? Yeah, yeah, I don't want every be... episode. The yeah, I don't uh, want to be building up to the climactic showdown between you know Thrawn and Maul have teamed up or something ridiculous like that, and we're getting ready for that showdown. And then we have this wacky as Morgan episode. <laughs> that would, I might, that I might quit. I might experience right there. I would, <laughs> I might quit if that's what happened. <laughs> I quit. No, um, no I, I would. I would never. I, I. You know, he's just. He's just not my favorite character. He's not my favorite. Character. Um, At least the puppet pig won't be yeah. there. Yes. But, <laughs> I'll stop hitting on things that you don't like or talking about them. Let's go back to the Clone Wars stuff. So I think we, it's pretty much all we need to say about yeah. Soaker. I think at this moment, and we can move on to some of the yeah. Well, Rogue One stuff. Rogue can One, you yeah. believe it? Who'd have thunk Clone Wars it? Of Rogue One. Yeah. Who'd have <laughs> thunk Movie it? And Clone Wars. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? Well, I mean, if you don't know by now, uh, Sagarera is being played by Forrest Whitaker in Rogue One. Uh, It's very, very exciting. Uh, I think everybody, I mean, for me, when I heard this news, I was ready just to dance around, do a jig. Um, Now, Forrest Forrest Whitaker was at Celebration, and he talked a bit about, um, he was asked by Gwendolyn Christie, who was hosting the Rogue One panel, about his character. And let's just listen into what he had to say. We've learned a lot about your character's deeper connection in the Star Wars galaxy. How does he connect to this band of misfits? I think we can definitely call them misfits. 
Good to see you all. Um, Sagamura is a, is a rebel fighter. He's been fighting for years against the imperial occupation. Uh, he's a guerrilla fighter. He, is, um, he has been uh, controlling a group of, of rebels that are out to the extreme. We're talking about the, that there's a, a series of different rebel groups that coming together as an alliance, and all of these people are different parts of that. I'm, uh, I'm uh, leading my group, uh, which, which, which by any means necessary, he'll do what he needs to do in order to save the world. He was trained as a guerrilla fighter, and then he was trained um, by the Jedi as well. And Saw was originally revealed as an animated character a character that originated with George Lucas. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Gareth introduced me to the character, uh, I, I was amazed and I went back and started to look and see the series, The Clone Wars, and really understand what was going on with that. Woo! And so that's how I was introduced, and, and uh, he's been integrated in working with Jen and everyone to, to make things move forward. All right, so... Uh, obviously mentions Clone Wars there, and I, I I said this on the main SWU, but the that first after he says Clone Wars, that first whoop that you can hear, that's me. That that is that is. Were were you were were you with me at this point, Kieran? Can you confirm? I was right next to you. Yes, I can confirm. You can this confirm. Was in fact true. Yes. So in, in, in case, yeah, in case you in case you didn't hear it, because it is you know it, it doesn't really get picked up by the Star Wars uh, Celebration live stream mics. Uh, I think. Let me see if I can just get to that moment in the clip, and I'm gonna turn up the volume a little bit, see if we can hear it. So I think it's right around here. So let's see how this goes. Lucas. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Gareth introduced me to the character, uh, I, I was amazed. And I went back and started to look and see the series of Clone Wars and really understand what was going on. There it was. There it was. That first whoop. That was you. That was me. That was me. I mean, that was that was all kicked off. Yeah, kicked off. And then Gwendolyn Christie cheered. So I, I cheered first, then Gwendolyn Christie. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a big, big, uh, big, big news that uh, Forrest Whitaker is going to be playing. Sagarera was not something we expected. Um, it's, uh, but it, it, it's really cool. Like that's really something, uh, something special that this character is going to uh, is going to pop up. I mean, what was your reaction when you first heard this? Really excited by this news. You know, to kind of put it a bit in context, um, this was on a day. This announcement came on a day when all sorts of other announcements came for Rogue One. You know, we got the EW we cover. Got Vader. We got We got Vader, which sort of went under the radar incredibly. You know, Forrest Whitaker became the story of the day, you know, even though Vader had been confirmed as being, uh, as reappearing in Rogue One. Um, and we had, we had the bios, didn't we, for all of the principal characters, except Forrest Whitaker. E, uh, Entertainment Weekly, this is, delayed the release of the bio. And that in itself, I think, was interesting, and it, it, it got a lot of fans intrigued. And the effect of this is a character you've seen before was it? Did they specify it was in the in the prequel time period? I don't know if they did, but obviously, if we if we're going into Rogue One, then we we assumed it was going to be before it, for goodness sake, so before it, you hope. 
Um, but a lot of people, I can remember some people saying it was going to be um, <laughs> Mace Windu. Goodness me. Um, yeah. That was a concerning for. But having Saw Gerrera was great because Saw Gerrera was a character who Clone Wars fans all know. You know, those, those um, avid Clone Wars fans, I will say, avid watchers of the show would be aware of who he is. But if you haven't watched the show, then you're still not missing out on too, too much because he wasn't necessarily a principal character in the no. show, was he, Dominic? He was, he was there for an arc. Um, but obviously, if you haven't, if you don't watch that arc and then you watch Rogue One, I don't think you're going to miss anything, out, yeah. are you? <laughs> it's not like if it was Ahsoka, for example, and then he would have to watch a lot of the show. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I was excited. What about you? Before we go into his bio, were you excited by this Oh yeah, uh, the, no. This was this was the news, that, you know, that day as you mentioned, there was so much Rogue One news coming out, and the Vader stuff was cool. But this was the news that had me like wanting to like dance on the bus as I was going home, kind of thing. You know, like it was really, really exciting and and really something special. And and you know, it was never something I suspected and and that they would do. I I was convinced that they would never have a character go from a TV series, let alone an animated TV series and be into the movies, you know, maybe, maybe a live action show, they could pull it off for a cameo, but never from one of the animated series. And so the fact that they were doing this was huge. It was, you know, it really does mean that it is all one story and it all counts. And it also, the other thing that's really cool about it. And I think we've may have mentioned this before on the star Wars underworld podcast, but this is not a character that they created for rebels. This is not a character that they've they've known all along was going to show up in Rogue One. This was a character that they had from the George Lucas era of Star Wars. And as they were working on Rogue One, went, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we made this character, this guerrilla fighter that we're going to have Forrest Whitaker play? What if we made him this guy from Clone Wars? And then we, you know, we can connect the universe together in a way that that's not hitting you over the head with it. But it also it, it makes for a fun little um, Easter egg or not, not even an Easter egg, a fun reference, a fun connective connective tissue for the fans to cling on to absolutely and um i think we could talk a bit more now about uh, the bio of this character because of course we know a little bit about him already from what we've seen in the clone wars but uh, i'll throw this question to you dominic are you intrigued by um the fact that um also i'm basing a lot of this on on the comments made by dave baloney and, and, and pablo hidalgo uh, who, who has character not too long after the announcement. But I, I'm, I look at this and think that, in a way, his character hasn't really changed or evolved that much from the Clone Wars. Would, would you agree with that assessment, based on what we see with his, with his bio? You know, this idea that he perhaps has... Um, uh, he morally pushes against the kind of things that, say, Bail Organa and Momofma <laughs> would stand for. Yeah. That, yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. It's um it's definitely um it it definitely it, it's it sounds like, you know, you look at the end of that arc and I I do want to say we will be revisiting that arc on a future episode uh soon. Uh within the it's going to be either be the next episode or the episode after where we are going to revisit that arc and and talk about Saw and and look at it and speculate about his future and and you know, see if we can pull any Rogue One hints and, and just revisit that arc in general because it's a pretty it's a pretty solid arc. But you know, he ends that arc feeling very bitter about you know rejoining the Republic, and you know he's not not exactly thrilled with how things went down, and you know he lost his sister and everything. So you know he's not 
in the best place. And it sort of sounds like once the Empire, he stayed in that kind of bitter state. And then once the Empire fell, he suddenly had a cause again to fight for. And you mean when the Republic fell? Yeah, when the Republic fell. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, when the Empire fell, he'd probably be pretty happy about it, though. You know, he's kind of like Champs and Dilla. You know, he he always he's always got that cause that he's fighting for. You know, it, it, whenever it does, it almost doesn't matter who's in power. You know, he's just he's going to be fighting for the his people's liberty. You know, it's like Champ says to Mace. You know, how long will it be before I'm fighting you, Master Jedi? And you know, so I think you know, in the immediate the immediate after the Onderon Rebellion, he was probably okay with things and just kind of sulking on his own. But once the the, the Empire came to be. He he probably went back to fighting as a guerrilla, and you know there was nothing, there was nobody holding him back anymore. You know, Steela was always the one who was saying, "No, no, we need to do it this way. We need to find the better way of doing things." And with her gone, he probably committed to this. You know, whatever it takes, is at all costs. Doesn't care about uh, civilian life. Just going forward doesn't matter to him anymore. Um, so I I think that's what we what happened and so in a way it doesn't surprise me that he hasn't really changed because it seemed like you know the death of of Steela affected him deeply at the end of that arc and you know by the time we see him next things haven't really changed for him no and the the description of his character by um Pablo and uh, Forrest Whitaker himself really was this he's a rebel extremist Mm -hmm. and I think that's the best way to really look at his character, if, we, if we're going to kind of approach it in terms of analysing it, because Saw, as you said, was connected very, very much to his sister. And once his sister went, um, as you said, became very bitter and acrimonious towards those who he'd even sided with, uh, but particularly the Republic. And in a way, it's important to remember that the Republic Yes, it falls down, but it sort of transforms into the empire. So in a way, that kind of system that, that Saw has bitter towards, sorry, is bitter towards, doesn't it doesn't really change other than in name, really, because by the time we get to the end of the Clone Wars, it's it's almost the Empire um all but name, really, isn't it? Because Palpatine has so much power. Uh, across the galaxy, you know, and the separatists are working for him, the Republic's working for him. So, yeah, it would make sense that the, the motivations of this character continues. But as you say, we'll speculate a bit more about that when we talk about the Yonder and stuff. But I've got one more question to ask in relation to this. Um, not just the, the Saw as a character, but but what this represents. Um, I want to touch upon a quote that Dave Filoni uh, gave to, to comicbook.com's Lucas Spiegel when he said upon the announcement of, of Forrest Whitaker portraying this character, I have always thought of Star Wars The Clone Wars as an extension of the Star Wars films. And now here we are, seeing a character come to life in the flesh on the big screen. I think it's tremendously exciting because it's fulfilling a promise to the fans that this is one story and the characters you know and love are throughout it and influencing the story in many ways. I'm so proud of the Rogue One team and everyone at Lucasfilm. It's a great day for Star Wars. So this is a lot of conjecture in the way I'm going to ask this question, Dominic. What do you think will be the legacy of putting Saw Gerrera into a film? And I don't just mean the character, 
but what he represents. Yeah, I I think what it, what he represents is I think it shows a willingness. It shows a willingness to connect this universe. It shows that you know when they say it's all connected, they're not. It's not just lip service the way it is with other universes that we won't mention. Um, it, it's they 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 are really looking at every at these stories and ways to connect them that isn't you know isn't beating us over the head with it but is you know finding smart ways and it i think what saw does is he opens up the door for a lot more crossover and for a lot of these characters that were you know seemingly one-off characters to come back in in big ways and in ways that we don't expect and I, and I think that's you know that's what happened with Saw. Yeah, I thought he, I never thought we would see him again, or if we saw him again, it would be in Rebels, um, or you know he would be it would appear in a book, or you know he was referenced in a couple of books, but you know it, it would not be something that we would you not be a character that we would see a whole lot more from, and not in such a prominent way. And so the fact that they did go out and hire Forrest Whitaker to play this character in this movie that they've uh, sunk a lot of money into, and that they're going to. Uh, you know they're that they're really hoping kicks off these Star Wars story films, not anthology films. Star Wars story films. Uh, I I think that's where we're. Uh, I think that's where we're headed. I I think that it shows this willingness to to really put this universe together in a way that's different from anything we've ever seen. Yeah, I can completely see that. The legacy of his character, of course, it will be as they say, it will remain to be seen, but. Of course, Rogue One is going to be a big testing ground as well. Um, but as you say, having Forrest Whitaker play his character is only going to help that cause because we know Forrest Whitaker is an Oscar-winning actor. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost getting the best of the best to play a character who who we initially saw in an animated TV series. I think this is fantastic news, and everyone should be hyped about this because even if you're not hyped about Saw as a character because he only appeared in one arc, it's what this allows for future stories. As, as you've said, Dominic, and I don't want to keep uh, hammering the point home, but it's this idea that we could have any character from the Clone Wars or Rebels or any other animated TV series and put them in a film or not even that we could have characters from the novels show up characters from the yeah. comics well you know we could get someone like uh admiral sloan from the books or we could get someone like dr afra from the comics you know there aren't just we aren't we aren't limited to just film characters now these these characters aren't limited to their original medium they can show up all over the place Exactly. And as you said, it's not just rhetoric now, it's, it's fact. It, it, we've, it's been displayed to us as audience members. We know what's going to happen. We know that there's a character from an animated series in a film. And if they can put Saul Guerrero in, then the door's open for however many others. Exactly. Uh, but should we move on now to a little bit of, of Rebels? Yeah, discussion. well, with Rebels, it's mostly just, uh, you know, what we saw in that trailer. Is there's a lot of Clone Wars connections. First and foremost, uh, an army of battle droids. That's uh, not something I ever expected to see on the show. No, that was funny because uh, asked me that moment when I first watched the trailer because I was just focusing on what Rex was saying. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Those are B1 battle droids 
which we last saw in the Clone Wars or in Revenge of the Sith. So I'm excited by that. And the line that Rex says is one last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic. I mean, I'm hoping this doesn't mean the end for Rex, Dominic. Yeah. Mm, I I don't know. I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I think we're more likely to see. I almost feel like it, I almost feel like if they if they killed off Rex after doing what they did to Ahsoka, I would not be. I would I would feel very um. I would not be cheated. pleased. <laughs> yeah, I would feel. Yeah, I would feel kind of cheated if if that's the case. If that's what happened, so I, I don't think Rex is going anywhere soon. I think I want him to stick around as long as possible. I don't think that's him on Endor. Um, but I, I do want to see him stick around as long as possible. I don't want I don't want him saying one last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic and then dying <laughs> after he's only been in half a dozen episodes, really. It'd be quite a spoilerific trailer, wouldn't it, if that was the case? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um we also see we also see Hondo is back as we already talked about, but also Cham. It looks like Cham will be going up against Grand Admiral Thrawn at some point, which is pretty exciting. It uh, looks like we'll get some more details about what went down with the Mandos. Uh, we see we'll see some Mando on Matt Mando action. Uh, probably, uh, probably you know pick up some of the storylines that were uh, left off in Clone Wars. Uh, looks like Fen Rao is back. Uh, we see him talking with Sabine. Speaking of Sabine, she got she's got that dark saber now. That's pretty. Yes. That's, that was pretty sweet. You know, returning to uh, uh, House Vizsla. Returning to House Vizsla. That's pretty exciting. Well, that's symbolic in itself, isn't it? Because obviously that, as you say, represents House Vizda. But you know, how much do you, in terms of references to the Clone Wars, do you think we'll get with this story? Because I think that probably disappointed people a bit with the season two episode where, in Rebels I'm talking about with the Mandalorians. We had one episode which was clearly a setup episode. And we see that now because the Mandos are back in season three. But, you know... Uh, do you reckon we'll see or hear about anything that went down in that siege of Mandalore? I, yeah, I do think we'll hear a little bit. I think we'll get a little bit more. I think if, if they're going to give us as much Mando action as they're teasing, which. And dark saber action and dark saber. Well, I don't know how much we're really going to get with the dark saber to be perfectly honest, but yeah, but how did it get to her? Yeah, that that is the question. But I, I do think if if with that imagery and, and the fact that we are seeing lots and lots of Mando stuff this season and Sabine is front and center on the poster with Ezra, um, I do think that she's gonna be a big character and, and that we will get some answers. In the in the same way we did for with Ahsoka, you know, allusions to what has happened. I don't think we're gonna sit down and hear what happened. I don't think that's how they how they roll. I think they assume that the characters know what happened. And so the characters will talk about it, and then it's up to us as the audience to try and piece it together. Yeah, well, that would make a lot more sense. And I don't think we want it hit over the head yet. Well, I want to touch upon a, 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 an image that I saw in the trailer. And obviously, you were at that panel, Dominic, so you'd have more knowledge oh, yeah. about this. Than oh, yeah, I that, was, that, was, that was where my other, um, other appearance on the uh, live stream was, was during the standing ovation for the trailer. You, they they show that you can see me. I was sitting on the end of an aisle. You can see me standing and applauding, um, rightfully so, because that was one hell of a trailer. That was the best Rebels trailer we've ever got. And that and we've had some good ones. Think of mid season 
Trailer two. Yeah, season mid, two trailer. Mid, mid-season for season two. Yeah, that would be second place. But other than that, I don't think I, I can't really think of a a Rebels trailer that's been quite that good. See, no, I don't know. Like, I don't season know. Season two with Darth Vader. The Darth Vader stuff. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, I, I didn't. We didn't go to that panel. So by the time I'd seen that tra- that trailer, I actually seen most of that episode. And that episode, Siege of Lothal, is throughout that trailer. It's there's so much. There's so much uh, yeah. covers that trailer. And then then after that, when they had that season two trailer at New York Comic Con, that one was a bit. That was a bit weak. I'm not gonna lie. It didn't have. It didn't have a wow moment. Yeah, you know, the closest it didn't thing. Have, it didn't have a Thrawn moment, did it? Yeah, yeah. It didn't have a Thrawn moment. It didn't have a Vader moment. It didn't have a Rex moment. You know, it didn't have any of those moments. It, 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 the closest was it had a little. Um, it had an Ahsoka moment, but we had already seen that moment in a clip. And there was, you know, House Ran of Clan Vizsla or Clan Vizsla of House Ran or whatever. Um, uh, with Sabine, that was pretty. Um, that was pretty significant as well. But I can't say it's. Um, it didn't quite live up the same way that, you know, the way that this one, that, that people were really talking about it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think this, this particular panel was one to go to shame. I wasn't there, but anyway, we're going to move on Yeah. <laughs> before I get bitter. Um, the, the other image that I wanted to talk to you about as I said with you being at this panel was that, that these green spirits or like, Oh yeah. It, it looked so reminiscent of what we've seen before in it the Clone is. Wars on it Dathomir. It's Dathomir. It is. It I, is Dathomir. There's, there's no doubt. There's even a shot of Maul and Ezra where you can see some of the some of the iconic Dathomir landscape in the background. So with that, of course, we know Darth Maul is back again. <laughs> yeah. In case before he disappeared. You know, what do you predict is going to happen then with this whole Dathomir stuff? Uh, is well, Ezra going to be trained by Darth Maul in his home world? Is that what we're going for here? Because it looks like Kanan is going to be there as well. Yeah, I, I think Maul will lead them to Dathomir at some point. And we know Maul has some connections to that Night Sister magic because of his mother. Um, and so I, I think that was, I think that is something that will play into into this season with him attempting to lure Ezra to the dark side. You know, he already, you know, one of the things Filoni said during that panel was that, you know, Maul kind of already thinks Ezra is, is his apprentice. And so it's, it's, you know, he's really trying to lure Ezra over to the dark side. And, you know, he wasn't very successful at first, but you never know. He may be able to, to tap into something in Ezra. We'll see. Maybe, maybe yeah, he'll tap I'll into something in Ezra and he'll uh, start the Knights of Ren. Yeah, well, that could be exciting. And then Ooh. he'll name them. <laughs> he'll name them after uh, Sabine because she'll die this season, and so they'll they'll be the Knights of Ren. And that's why it's it's not weird that you have two characters in two um, <laughs> two important uh, uh, Star Wars properties with the same last name. Mm-hmm. See, that's you know, I think the story group has done a really good job overall. But that is the one area where I think they've kind of dropped the ball, and that's on on naming things because it's a bit ridiculous that we have Kylo Ren and Sabine Ren, both revealed within a year of each other. Could nobody have gone, "Hey guys, somebody can't use the Ren name. Somebody else needs to come up with that." <laughs> and then the other one, the other one, and then uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Jin Erso. That's a bit. It's a little too close for my taste. But the other one that that bothers me a little bit is um. Ray, you know, Ray from Force Awakens, Daisy Ridley, and then Ray Sloan in the books. 
It's mm. like, do you have to, you know, do you have these hugely important, seemingly hugely important characters. Could you not have given them? Yeah. Couldn't you have not have given them separate names? I mean, yeah, they're spelt differently. It's R E Y versus R A E. But could we not have given them, given them separate names? Like could, cause you know, by the time, by the time John Jackson Miller was writing, uh, was writing a new Don, surely they knew what the characters names were in force awakens. Surely they knew. And, and if they didn't know if they, as long as they, they, they must have known before those books went to press and they could have, you know, just done control F and changed all of the rays to J's or something, you know, something different, you know, something make it a little bit different, but I mean, 10 years down the line, we'll get a character named panicking or something like that. Won't we? (laughs) Exactly. I hope, I hope that, that they can, they can kind of get things a little bit. That's the one area I think they need to, to, to clean up their act and figure it out because you know, that's a bit, some of these are a bit close. They 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 need a little bit more communication. Somebody needs to change. Somebody needs to be told. No, you need to change the name. It can't be. Somebody that. tweet Pablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet Pablo this, and I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll love that. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, that night sister. Oh yeah, we're definitely, definitely going, definitely going to Dathomir. I, I there's no doubt in my mind. I'm I'm really excited for this season. I think. This uh, this trailer that we got, more so than the episodes, but this trailer that we got really um, did did a lot to reassure me about Rebels. Because you know I love Rebels. Don't get me wrong, I love Rebels. I love the show. Love talking about it every week on Live from Lothal. Love reviewing it for StarWarsUnderworld.com. I love all of that. But just the way that season ended, and the way season two played out, just it it, it made me. It, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit. It didn't hit on all cylinders for me the way Clone Wars did, or the way Season One of Rebels did, and and I was a little bit concerned that maybe they were uh, they were losing their touch. But this trailer, man, that was something special, and and uh, and mm. I, I'm excited for this next season. Well, you we haven't learned from last season because, having said that, I do remember the mid season two trailer being amazing, but in reality, there were about three good episodes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that they it, seem exactly. to fit a lot into that trailer, exactly. you know. You, so we'll, we'll wait and see. But anyway, looking forward to Rebels season three. Tune into Live from Lothal, no doubt. When, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It'll be back. Here's again. It'll be back. All right. Let's move on from here. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the Ahsoka novel. We talked about Forrest Whitaker playing Sagarera and Rogue One. So we want to just, you know, we'll we'll throw this open to all of you guys, and we'll talk about it a little bit as well. Um, what character do you want to see get from the Clone Wars get their own novel? And what um, character would you like to see get their own standalone film, get their own Star Wars story? And so I'll, I'll throw this over to you first, Kieran. What do you, what characters do you want to see appear and why? So in novel format, I would like to see a Rex novel. Yeah, and and the reason being is that you know Rex, I think is one of the most beloved characters from the Clone Wars TV series. I think it's been exemplified by the fact that he's in Rebels now, and he's he's one of the principal characters yet again, being a part of the Ghost Crew. And you know, his arc in the Clone Wars was so compelling that we never really got a resolution. 
which I hate to say it, but I feel after the Embaro arc, which is really in my mind the last arc where we centrally focused on Rex, and you know, even the Order 66 arc, you know, Rex was in and out, it was more fives that you know we focused on. I really wish it was a Rex arc. But there's still a lot of untold stories in relation to that. And I think he would fit into a novel perfectly because if we have him in a movie, it's going to be more live action like Rogue One and it's going to be a bit of the same. We don't need another uh, military war story anytime soon. But with Rex, I think it would work perfectly in a novel and we kind of learn about how he... Uh, you know how he kind of moves on from it all. How how does Order sixty six affect him? You know he's got to be uh, decommissioned. He's what just becomes uh, you know goes onto this desolate planet. Or um, if he lives past ro- uh, uh, past rebels, what happens then? You know, I think there's a lot of room for interesting, dynamic, and, and different stories related to amazingly a clone character, which is unique in itself. So I'll throw the baton over or pass the baton to you, Dominic. Clone Wars character. What Clone Wars character would you like to see in a novel? In a novel. Okay. Um, I guess I can't really say Dooku because that's episode. He's, you know, more of a, he's a prequel trilogy character. But I would like to, I would almost like, you know, I'm tempted to say someone like Mother Talzin because, you know, there's a lot of history there, but I almost, but I also like that mystery. Um, what I would like, I think as a novel, I would like the, um, it's more, actually that would probably make a better comic, but the, the story of what happened to, uh, that, that split up pre Vizsla and Count Dooku. I feel like that's a story that, that was kind of a gap in the, in the show it's kind of like well, why didn't we when they when that when that the episode happened in season four i'm like why didn't we see that story you know when he was describing what happened so i i would uh i'd like to see that story played out so that's kind of a pre vizsla novel <laughs> let's say that let's say it's a pre vizsla novel and you can, maybe you could do some you do some stuff like what you do in tarkin with uh you know his backstory and how he became this mando leader that 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 he was so i, I would i would go with that for a novel for a movie Oh no! I know what you're going to say. I I just want to I want a whole trilogy of Lux Bonteri stories. That's what I really <laughs> want. I want yeah. Uh, no. Um, I know why I want. Shall I quickly say my? Yeah, one? go for it. Go for Jump it. it back. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah. No. I I want like a Cad Bane Netflix series. Like I oh. I, I I feel like with Cad we Bane. Didn't ask that question. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. Well, I, I feel like with Cad Bane, there's so much potential for so many adventures that can be so different. And to to limit him to one movie, in a way, I almost feel the same about Boba Fett. Like, you know, he's a bounty hunter. But like, I, like I they go on adventures that, every week. That would be perfect for a TV show. No, that's very true. That is very true. But even as a movie, I'd almost prefer Cad Bane to Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. I think Cad Bane offers so much more. Um, he seems to be far more experienced. He his arsenal is so wide ranging and diverse. He's tackled Jedi. Um, I, you know, to imagine seeing him in the period of the Empire, or or even the uh, just other stories of him in the Clone Wars. Um, and I think that would make for a great, yeah, I agree, live action movie or TV series. You know, well, no, I I would want it to be animated. I would want it to be animated. I feel like Cad Bane works best as an animated character. 
Yeah, okay. No, I, I could see that. Well, well, anyway, live action or animated, but I I could see him back in 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 a you know an action series. You know, not I don't think it works well in the novel. I'd, I'd want to see it on the screen. I want to see it visually. Yeah, but I'm with. Uh, well, I think Cad Bane. Yeah, but like what a about thir- you? like you a thirteen it? thirteen episodes a season Netflix uh, animated show about Cad Bane, Clone Wars style, Clone Wars uh, Clone Wars animation style. Um, you know, you get. You you could get Seth Green back to do Toto on a regular basis. You know, you get all sorts all sorts of crazy stuff that can go on. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. Um. And but for a, a movie, like I'm trying to pick like a Sagarera type, like a character that was only really in one arc that uh, you feel like would would really make a big like a good choice to come back. Because the thing about Saw is like you, I would never have if you'd said the Clone Wars characters that would appear in a movie like that would not have been first on the list by any stretch so i'm trying to pick someone similar terrace and nube that that i feel like that would be a better novel yeah. because then you could do like the young adventures of terrace and nube um <laughs> love that story yeah oh no that'd be great um let's see i'm trying to think like you know back to season one or season two like some of these characters that we met in these one-off adventures so many of them came back right like it's uh well, I mean, some of the ones that obviously stand out, Honda Wanaka, Chance Hondo, and Duda, but yeah. we've seen those Yeah, already. well, we've seen those two back. I don't know. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of over Hondo and Rebel in Rebels right now. <laughs> I need I need him to do I need him doing more. Like I felt like they really I felt like they used him very effectively in Clone Wars. Okay, here's what I want. I want um Gunji after Order 66. I want that as a movie. Gunji after all these 66. Ooh. What about Professor Huang? I would take a Professor Huang t- movie too. Uh, Professor Huang, like the, oh, what about, you know, the story of Yoda getting his lightsaber crystal? Ooh, Huang, you know, Huang says, oh, that would be a great, that would be a great story. Like that would be, you know, you'd kind of have to have, that would be really interesting. You could get like David Tennant to do like mocap or something. And then. You can get into the voice. You could get, uh, uh, obviously Yoda, you could just. Yoda with the prequel CGI Yoda, CGI Yoda. Have either Tom Kane or Frank Oz if you can get Frank Oz. Oh, they they, they would get Frank Oz. They would get Frank Oz for the movie. Oh yeah, well they got him for Rebels, haven't they? So. Yeah, exactly. So and then they got him for Episode Seven too. Not that they really used him. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> energy, but, energy, 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 energy. <laughs> now whenever I watch I'm it, living in that recording room. Yeah. yeah. Well, whenever I watch Empire Strikes Back and Yoda's like. It's energy surrounds us. He's like, it's like, it's energy. I'm like, energy, 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 energy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I want the Professor Huang movie. I think that would be really cool. Although with him, like with him, you could do like, again, that might be make a better Netflix series because you could do like every week a different set of Padawans in a different era. Like that almost, that's almost a movie that you have to wait 30 years to make though. And you have to give them time to explore every era and then you can do like some kind of weird Rosencrantz and Guildenstern thing where not like he's involved in like big adventures in that era but like you go back to different eras and you say okay well this is what was going on in this era we sort of know what was up then and we'll do this adventure now and and we can kind of tie it in and you could start you could do like 13 you could do like six episodes and you start in like an old republic era then you do Yoda then you do another Clone Wars era thing then maybe like Luke uh, finds him after the Empire, and after the Empire falls, and, and goes on an adventure with him. And then like maybe Ray goes on an adventure with him. And then 
whoever follows Ray goes on an adventure with him. Yeah, like something like that. Like where you could do some kind of weird, some kind of weird every, you know, you skip a hundred years every episode, you know, you skip ahead many, many years. I feel like that could be, that could be fun or just a movie about the Yoda story. Yeah. Oh, well, well, to be honest, let's get these ideas and put them to Lucasfilm. Yeah, exactly. Get them there now. Pablo, listen. Yeah. Tweeting, we're tweeting to you. Uh, yeah, we'll tweet them to Pablo. Said... <laughs> That's what he loves. That's, he just loves. He oh, just exactly. Loves... He loves answering these questions. <laughs> also, though, if obviously we could expand it out to some prequel characters, then I tell you this much, and I think we would be in agreement. I want a Dooku movie at some point. That, or just a Dooku or, novel. Or a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Just something about Count Dooku. And I, I mean, you, you wanted to use that earlier. I am with you. If we could, that would be brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, they've recast Han Solo. We've got Alden Ehrenreich. So there's no reason we can't recast Count Dooku, especially if we're doing like a young Count Dooku movie. Mm. You can get, I don't know, get like, who's some young British actor, you know, like get Taron Egerton. Yeah. He was almost Han Solo. Now we'll make him Count Dooku. Get him in there and he can be uh, Michael Fassbender. Get Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Someone who has like a really proper British accent, like um, like Christopher Lee had. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Or you cast an American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all arranged these days, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, anyway, so uh, we would love to hear from you guys if you want to let us know who you would think would get a who would make a great um, a movie. I think that would be really cool, or a novel. Which characters you'd like to see get that treatment? Because you know. Anything is possible now. Anything is possible. That's what that's what Sagarera proves is that you know these crazy ideas may not be so crazy anymore. I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, and I'm, you know, well, probably will hold me, hold me to this in the future. But I can guarantee you, in the next ten years, I reckon we are going to have a film centered on a, at least a prequel character, if not a Clone Wars character. All right. That's my prediction. That's my bold predict. Come back in 10 years time, folks. Yeah. All throw right. Stones in my window when I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. So to close out the show, because this is a different kind of episode, we're going to do something we sometimes do over on the watchers of Westeros. And that's our game of Thrones podcast, by the way, if you don't know, you should check it out. If you watch game of Thrones or now is the perfect now between seasons. Now's the perfect time to get caught up on game of Thrones. And then you can listen to our show and go back and relive season six with us. Um, but what we do there every now and again is we get we get these online quizzes that you can do. You know, you see them all the time. They're on BuzzFeed. They're on, I think, StarWars.com has a bunch of them. They're on Facebook. They're on, you, know, you see the ads for them. We get these online quizzes uh, about, you know, over there it's about Game of Thrones. Uh, and we, we fill them out and we see what the answers are and we see how our answers compare. So we're going to do that. We've got a Clone Wars quiz and it's called What Star Wars Clone Wars Character Are You? And this comes from gotoquiz.com, and uh, we'll put the link in the show notes so you can uh, you can play along if you feel so inclined. And we'll just uh, we'll see how this goes. So, have you got it open, Kieran? I've got it open right now. Yes. All right. So let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's uh, let's start with uh, question number one. So, question number one is: What is your age? Under 18, 18 to 24, 25 to 30, 31 to 40, 41 to 50, 51 to 60, or over 60 years old. Kieran, your age, please. Well, for a minute, I thought it might be over 60, but I think I'm going to go and stick with the 18 to 24 18 to bracket. 24. Just. Yeah. Just. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm you know, 
you know, in case you don't realize this, you don't have to be honest on the internet. So I'm going to say I'm 51 to 60. 51 to 60. Oh, let's see. See how this goes. Uh, so question two, what is your gender? Uh, only two options on this, so not a very progressive quiz. Um, no. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with male for yeah, the moment. Yeah, we'll I throw haven't in. had a, yeah, I'll, I don't think I've had a change in that area at all, but yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest on that one, so we'll throw in male. All right, here's where we get into the Star Wars stuff. So question three. Your Jedi Master tells you to do something you don't want to do. What do you do? A, obey with no question. B, fight with him about it, but do it unhappily in the end. Or C, tell him, yes, Master, and then do the opposite. <laughs> I'm going to say B. I probably would. Probably be I'd fight with him about it, and then I'd still end up doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's usually what happens. Yeah. I'll be like, I don't, I'll be like Luke. I gotta go to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to do this. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, I would say, tell him yes, master, and then do the opposite. That's probably, <laughs> probably what I do. I actually have no idea what I would do. Um, <laughs> Trials on Tatooine was good, but it wasn't that. <laughs> By the way, if you guys, if you guys have the opportunity, this is something that we didn't talk about on celebr about celebration yet. Um, we didn't talk about celebration on this show, or we, and we haven't gotten gotten to it yet on the Star Wars Underworld. But Trials on Tatooine, this new um, virtual reality thing that the ILM X Lab put together. If you have the opportunity to play it, play it. It is so good. You will never feel more like a Jedi than when you get your lightsaber in that game. It's so much fun. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Ne- next question. This is a very this is a very Game of Thrones question. Uh, it begins with "You're dying." <laughs> You're dying. That is very game of thrones. Yeah. What are your last words? A. Sorry, sir. I tried my best. B. Remember, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware: anger, fear, aggression. The dark side are they. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. C. A lot of last words, ain't it? Yes. <laughs> C. Yeah. C. Um. I'm sorry, Master. Or D. Tell her slash him I loved her. Slash him. I guess they they left out that part at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No matter no matter who it is, you're telling her, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, um Part of me really wants to say the second one just yeah. because it really pissed the person off when they're like, Well, you just die. No, I have my big speech I have to give. Um uh, I'm gonna be sloppy. I'm gonna go with the last one. Go with the last one. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the big I'm going with the big long speech. Going with big yeah. I want to go out. I want to go out on a Yoda quote. Hey, listen, you're a podcaster, mate. Yeah, you clearly like to talk. Exactly. So... <laughs> be like... And then after really? that, then after that, I'll say it's a wrap. No, you got to do how Yoda does it. You think you're gone, and then you got to say it's a wrap. You have a big pause. It's a wrap. You'll dominate your destiny. Five seconds later, it's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question five. Question five. Which Star Wars character would you rather marry? A, Ahsoka Tano. (laughs) B, Jedi do not marry. C, Padme Amidala. Or D, Captain Rex. Mm, I don't know if I'd obey the Jedi code that well, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, 
drinking would be a good start. Yeah. So. Although, although you know, there doesn't seem to be a rule against that in the Jedi Order. No, that's true. You know, well, Obi Wan in Episode Two. Yeah, Obi Wan in Episode Two. Even in in Dark Disciple, Obi Wan seems to do a lot of drinking. <laughs> Yeah. While he's waiting for Voss in the in those cantinas, he's just like, you know, he's not ordering. I don't think he's ordering a diet coke. I think he's getting. <laughs> he's got to fit in. He's got to fit in. You know, he's got to fit in with a crowd. Um, I don't know. Jedi I do not marry. I'm gonna go with why not? Let's go have a Sokotana. We talked about it this whole time. Yeah. Um, and she's more of a maverick anyway, so it'd be quite fun. <laughs> Not sure how it would be with Padme. Yeah, with, with with Padme, it seems like, you know, as we've talked about, Anakin and Padme are both very broken people. <laughs> yeah, doesn't... exactly. You see how that relationship went with those two. Yeah. Not it was her fault. Yeah, it doesn't really work. But you know what? Yeah, when Rush Clovis walked around the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what? I'll, I'll go with Padme. I'm not going to. I, you know, I feel like I'm a slightly better person than Anakin Skywalker. You know, slightly <laughs> better person than the guy who murdered little children and enslaved the galaxy for d- two decades you know slightly slightly yeah. better than I mean, so I mean the bar's very low there isn't yeah, it yeah really so I'll, I'll go with Padme go with Padme alright your weapon of choice blaster or lightsaber oh well I mean that's an obvious one oh, isn't yeah. it really gotta be a lightsaber lightsaber yeah exactly you exactly. with that one yeah, oh yeah absolutely um uh Question was this question seven? All right, what color lightsaber do you have? Green, blue, red, or purple? Oh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with green actually. I don't know why. I'm just I feel like blue sort of more of the generic, <laughs> <laughs> the the generic manufactured lightsaber, isn't it? I, I know I know some Jedi have green, but. You know, like Anakin, Obi Wan, Plo Koon, Kiadi Mundi. You know, no, those guys. Those guys have blue. Those guys have blue. But that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Green is less generic. Oh, green is less generic. Yeah, that's true. Then you have the same, same lightsaber colors as Luminara. (laughs) Right, I'm gonna go red now. Change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now I said Luminara. I'll wait. I'm in a red light. Yeah, all right. Change my mind. Going with red. I forgot the Luminara has one. Yeah. Right. Go on. What color would you have? Oh man. I, you know, I, I got, you guys just got, I just got to go, uh, I'm going to go with green. I'm going to go with green, even though Luminara has it, but like Luke has it, Yoda has it. I think that's, I think that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Qui-Gon has it. So green, I got to go green. All right. Green. Safe option. Yeah. What color are your eyes? Blue, brown, brown, yellow, or green? So it's, there are, th- sorry, the four options are blue is option one. Brown is option two. Brown slash yellow is option three, and then green is option four. I'm going to go with blue because that is the color of my eyes. So yeah. that was quite an easy one. Wasn't it? So, yeah. So I, I'm going to be like, uh, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like Sagarera. So on the animated show, I'll have blue eyes. And then when they make the live action movie, I'll have brown eyes. <laughs> so I'll just go, I'll just go with brown. <laughs> just go with brown. Um, nine. What would your theme song be? A. I don't know. I don't know half these songs. A. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look these up. I. A. I'm still a guy. Uh, B. <laughs> believe in me. C. We're all in this together. Or D. Right here. So, hold on. Let me. Let's let's look up the first one of these. So, what's the first one? 
I'm still a guy. Should I'm... we play the audio? Yeah, initially? yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Let's what see. It, see what it is. I'm still a guy. This is by Brad Paisley. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. All right. <laughs> You see a deer, you see Bambi, and I see antlers up on the wall. When you see a lake, you think picnics, and I see a largemouth up under that log. You're probably thinking that you're gonna change me in some ways. Well, maybe you might scrub me down, dress me up all but no. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is Anakin's song. <laughs> quite interesting. Yeah. Why can it be something like, you know, Weird Al song? Or, yeah, know, exactly. Like, what, what is so, this? Like, so, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of us are going with that one, are No, we? probably not. Okay, so the next one is what? Believe in me. Believe in me. Yeah, so you look one. this one up. There are three different options. There's the Demi Lovato. There's there's the Demi Lovato version. There's Lenny Kravitz, and there's Dan Fogelberg. Well, let's go with the one that's most well known because I'm I'm hoping that's what this person's gone with. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the Lenny Kravitz version. So let's go with that. I, I and you know based on this based on when this was this quiz was created, I'm gonna guess that probably the Demi Lovato version. Although it is six years old, so maybe it does. Maybe it did. Still going with Lenny Kravitz. We go with that. I don't know. The song will load. Oh no! First, we have to have You're an ad. Nerve. What? Yes. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and this is not one of the ones you can skip. So what is? Oh, I, no. I, I've muted it. It's, it's only six seconds. It's only six more seconds. I'm not even sure what this is for. It's for a movie. It's got Dave Franklin. It's called Nerve. Okay, doesn't matter. Oh man, this music video. Oh, really? This is something else. I think I've had enough of this. That was something else, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What are these songs? Like, we've okay. gone through well, two no. of them. We've got two more to yeah, go. Yeah, we've got two more to go. We've got two more to go. And the next one appears to be from High School Musical. Yeah, this one. Oh, who sings this? Is it, oh, no, it is High School Musical. I think this is from High School Musical. So oh, come on. We've got to play it. That's the, version. that's the version we're going with. So here we go.
Alrighty then. You know what? I never thought, Dominic, I'd be in a quiz where that is probably going to be the best option. Yeah, you ne- well, you <laughs> never with a theme song. You never thought you'd be on a Star Wars podcast listening to High School Musical. Um, no. All right, and then the final, the final song is right here. And I've heard of this song. Yeah, well, there are three options. Oh, God. None of them are particularly appealing. So the first option, and I'm guessing this is probably the version that whoever created the quiz was thinking of, is Justin Bieber featuring Drake. Oh, here we go. So yeah, That's going to be the version. Yeah, that's going to be the version. The other options are Chris Brown and and uh, Jess Glynn. Don't know. I, I don't know. I've heard. I don't. I don't know either of those versions. So, all right. No. We, you didn't think we could I've sink. You, you didn't think we could. You didn't think we could sink any lower than High School Musical. But here we go. <laughs> Justin Bieber. God. All right, I've heard enough. <laughs> I've heard enough. All right. That is some, some very interesting songs yeah. there. I don't know who has made this quiz, but he has got quite the range when it comes to song interests. Yeah. All right. So what are you going with? I mean, I've got to go with probably the the best of a bad bunch really and go with we're all in this together <laughs> yeah yeah i think <laughs> that is the only song i know <laughs> and it's actually half okay yeah you know what i'm gonna go with i'm still a guy i'm gonna go with that i i <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that song <laughs> was that a weird video was that the no no one? the weird video was believe in me no i yeah no i i yeah you're right it's it's not a good uh not a good bunch, but I, I'm going to go with that one. Just, just cause, just cause. Why not? Yeah. All right. Question 10. We are still doing a Star Wars quiz, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Jedi, Sith, or clone, or free man? I'm going to go with free man. Why not? I don't want to be compartmentalized into some sort of category. <laughs> I want to do my own thing. All right. Um, <laughs> that got deep. Didn't yeah, it? really. I was just gonna go Jedi because I want a lightsaber, and you know. <laughs> you have a lightsaber if you're a Sith. Yeah, but I, you know, it's more rigorous training, though, isn't it? Yeah, and you have to get like electrocuted, and your eyes go yellow and stuff. So Jedi, Jedi. All right. Question eleven. Attachment. You got it or no? And the three answers. <laughs> option A. Well, duh. B, even though it's against the rules, yes. C, attachment. We cannot fight, but let it rule over our lives. We cannot allow. <laughs> I feel like there's a word missing missing in there. Yeah, I. Don't I think really I feel like it's attachment. Point. We cannot fight it, but let it rule our lives. We cannot allow. Like I feel like this is like a somebody attempted to try and make this a Yoda quote. Now, isn't it? Surely they probably reworded it. We cannot let it rule our lives. It would rule over us. What's oh? What does Padme say? I see. I you know, 
you know, attachment is forbidden. Um, well, what oh, is it? Okay. It's attachment is forbidden. Something else is forbidden, but compassion, which we, which I would define as that's unconditional li- love. Yeah, that's the Anakin line. But I'll, I have this last one. So, uh, I since I picked Jedi on the last one, I got to go with B, even though it's against the rules. Yes. All right, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I, I'm not one who's going to say, well, duh. Yeah. Um, and I don't even understand the last quote, so I'm not going to go with that. Yeah. The last statement. Yeah, so... We're on the last question. Yeah, we're made it to the last question. And so, <laughs> what a question to end on. Yeah, so this is, what pa- what is your password for your email account? And we don't mean this literally. <laughs> you don't have to... We're not going to share our actual email passwords, although... These are some good ideas, I gotta say. Um, and honestly, not that far off from one of the passwords that I use. <laughs> um, but okay, so option A, uh, PDM3 at NG1, which uh, loosely translates to Padme Angel. Uh, option B, which is MYTFB3WITU at 1WY dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> which is may the force be with you always um p at dollar sign dollar sign capital w zero r capital d password <laughs> <laughs> or c l zero n three c at p t at one n r three x clone captain rex so those are your I'm options gonna, i'm gonna go with the last one clone captain rex quite like how it's been abbreviated yeah clone Rex. Clone Captain Rex. Oh, we can even go with CT. CT. Five. Yeah. Five something seven five. Whatever. Whatever. Point is, let's go with Rex. Yeah. All right. Let's going. Go you're going with Rex. And seeing as I, I, I feel obliged based on previous answers to go with um, Padme Angel, so I'll go with that one. <laughs> right. So we're about to submit. Yeah. Now, what are the chances that one of the answers are going to be Justin Bieber or High School Music? <laughs> Well, no, it's going to tell, tell us what character we are. I feel like I'm pretty much, I'm probably getting Anakin. I feel like that's what I'm going to get. What about you? <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to get Padme. Padme. <laughs> I really hope not. All right, so I'll I'll submit my answers first. I oh, know we can't because we're both, oh no, actually it doesn't matter. Carry on. Yeah. So you're going to submit first. Yeah, we'll... and I'll tell you what, and then, then I'll see what I get. Oh, I was right. I got Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> And then, oh, this is cool. It gives you who you were next closest, most likely to get. But let's see, let's see who you got first, and then we'll go through these uh, secondary options. Hey, I got eighty-six percent Captain Rex. Captain Rex, very nice. Yeah, I got eighty-six percent Anakin Skywalker, and then my second most likely was Yoda with seventy-two. Who was your second? Anakin Skywalker with fifty-nine percent. Fifty-nine percent. All right, and then my third was Ahsoka. With 71. I got Ahsoka 55%. And then my fourth was Captain Rex with 31%. (laughs) My fourth was Yoda, which was 45%. (laughs) I feel like there are only four characters you could probably get in this quiz. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. (laughs) What's what's, What's your description for your character? Sky Guy, his nickname given to him by Ahsoka Tano, is absolutely crazy. <laughs> he's married against the rules, jumps out of moving land speeders, but he's faithful and would do anything for his love. Aww. Oh, that's nice. What's All yours? Right, 
Rex or CC7567 is General Anakin Skywalker's second. He always obeys orders and can be sarcastic at times. He won't put up with much at all. And Ahsoka learned that the hard way. And then he's got in brackets, no URLS. Follow that link to learn more about him. (laughs) 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 All right. And I think, I think with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Oh man. I hope y'all enjoyed that. That was fun. Uh, We enjoyed doing that over on uh, watches of Westeros from time to time. And you know, in a week where we didn't have a proper uh, proper arc or a character discussion to do, it was a little bit fun to bring that over for this week. And uh, we apologize for the Justin Bieber and the High School Musical and, and for all those other songs. <laughs> all four of those songs uh, that we had to, that we listened to there. But yeah, that'll do it for this week. Like I said, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be keeping the show going for a while. Hopefully we'll be back in about two weeks' time. And uh, we've got a couple of, uh, couple of ideas on... Uh, a couple ideas uh, going. One is, of course, to revisit the Onderon arc and, and talk about Saw in particular and, and what this uh, what, what this could mean for Rogue One. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and of course, we will be returning to the character discussions that we uh, we started, that we did the Rex one of before the hiatus. And uh, we will be doing the Darth Maul one as promised. So uh, in, the, in the next little while, you may want to revisit those Darth Maul episodes. Uh, as well as uh, Son of Dothamir, if you haven't already, to, to maybe uh, get a little bit ready for that. But that should be that'll be probably be two or three episodes down the line. We've got a couple of other other ideas that uh, are floating around, so definitely uh, keep your eyes peeled. We should have lots and lots of more fun content over the next little while coming from us at the Clone Wars Strikes Back. This is weird. We don't have final thoughts or score out of ten or anything like that. But uh, I'll throw it over to you, Kim. Final uh, thoughts on that quiz. Yeah, final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts on the quiz and well, Star Wars and the Clone Wars at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, I. You know what's funny about Star Wars Celebration is that it it still surprises you, even even though you go into it thinking right, these are the panels that you're going to go to see. This is what you're going to learn. Um, and what still surprises me is that the presence of Clone Wars is as big as it has ever been, uh, or, or it still remains that way, even though the Clone Wars was cancelled three years ago. Um, and I think that's testament enough to the legacy of the Clone Wars and just what it means to Star Wars fans. And the fact that at Star Wars Celebration, it is a big panel and it still gets people sitting on those seats and queuing up to find out more about it. And the fact that we've now got a Clone Wars character in a movie, in a Star Wars movie, is exciting. And it's for the future, so... Overall, you know, I thought I was giving a rating of the presence of Clone Wars at Star Wars Celebration. I'd probably be giving it, you know, six or seven out of ten because Okay, we only had that one panel, but you know we had the obviously Forrest Whitaker character, and just in general the costumes and stuff that you see out on the exhibition floor. Um, the fact that you had the Ahsoka Day on on the on the on the Friday. So for me, well done, Clone Wars. And whilst people are still interested in it, we're still interested in it. We'll still be doing this podcast. So over to you, Dominic. I guess final thoughts for yourself on the Clone Wars at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, it, it's always you know Clone Wars for me at Celebration was 
you know, that was the big thing at Celebrations 5 and 6, you know, was going to those those Clone Wars panel. I, I still remember going to the C5 one after, after seeing George Lucas and Jon Stewart give us a little exclusive preview of... Uh, of season three of Clone Wars and George just, you know, casually mentioning that Darth Maul has a brother and, and that sort of thing. And then uh, then going to the actual panel with Filoni and him talking about that and, and showing us that amazing season three trailer. I still hold that as probably one of my favorite Clone Wars trailers uh, that would only be surpassed maybe by the uh, season five trailer that we got at Celebration six. And so, you know, it's always nice to see the Clone Wars, you know, Clone Wars at Celebration is really something that's very um very special to me you know, it's, it was it was the big thing at my first two celebrations and so you know i'm always happy to see it still be there and you know that ahsoka panel was a lot of fun i hope they continue to do these um untold clone wars ahsoka panels you know maybe we could get like a captain rex one at the next one what maybe that's maybe that's what they can do from here on out is start you know focusing it in on a characters on some of these characters that we would have seen more of and, and talking about that because you know they did just a general clone wars one at uh celebration anaheim and then they did the ahsoka one in, in london maybe they can do a rex one in orlando and a, a bounty hunters one at the celebration after that and so on and so forth like that so I, I still think there's lots of potential for clone wars to continue to have a presence at celebration beyond just those those panels and of course well Sagarera, force whitaker which still mind-boggling that you have an actor of that quality of that caliber i should say playing a clone wars character it's amazing uh, but yeah, so that so uh, yeah, I guess score out of ten. I don't know, eight out of ten. Sure, we'll give it that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to rate. I don't know how to rate a celebration. I don't know how to give it a score out of ten. I guess eight out of ten. Just, I just I just leave every celebration I leave. It's like ten out of ten or like nine point five out of ten. So it's hard to it's hard to to rank these things because they are just so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so that'll do it. Uh, keep keep your eyes peeled. Like I said, we'll try and get back on that two weeks uh, and every other every other week uh, schedule, uh, getting episodes out. But you know, we're you know with with like you said, the Clone War strikes back. It's it's not ending. There's no end in sight anymore. We decided we just want to keep it going, and so we're basically just going to keep it going whenever we can, and and keep talking Clone Wars, keep uh, keep thinking about this show, and and keep discussing its impact. And you know, like I said, we'll do we'll revisit Onderon. And maybe we'll revisit some other arcs some, at some point down the line. So there's lots and lots uh, more that we can do with it. So keep your eyes peeled. Also, uh, check out the Star Wars Underworld podcast, uh, each recorded live each and every Thursday night at channel 1138.com, 9 p.m. Eastern. Definitely want to tune in. We'll continue the celebration breakdown over the next few weeks. We did day one last week. Kieran joined us for that. It was lots of fun. And we'll be talking in uh, days uh, two and three uh, over the next two weeks. And there's still there's loads of news coming out about Star Wars that we'll have lots of fun discussing as we really as we begin the uh, proper build-up you know the proper um promotion for rogue one is likely to begin in the next couple of months and you know before december 16th will be here before you know it so if you want to maybe make the wait a little bit uh go a little bit faster definitely want to tune into that and also check out watchers of westeros we'll be keeping that show going as well talking some game of thrones we'll have a new episode out uh in, in not too long from now uh discussing well some of the Game of Thrones news out of Comic-Con, as well as the some of the stuff that they've been saying about Season 7 and Season 8, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff, and might do a quiz or two over there, too. So uh, definitely check that out. Just search for The Watchers of Westeros on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. So that'll do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, be sure to join in next week, or join, join us, tune in next time. Till then, may the Force be with you.
It's a wrap.